Today we talk learning curves, community and the love between a father and a daughter as we chat to Nicola Morehouse of Miss Nikki Says on Benny Asking People Questions. Asking People Questions is proudly presented by Major Minor Music Australia and recorded on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation. And we pay our respects to the leaders, both past, present and emerging. And thanks, Benny, for having me on the show today. I just want to start by doing a quick acknowledgement of country. I want to acknowledge the Yugambeh people of the land in which I live and pay my respects to the people past, present and emerging. Today's guest is one of those acts that has a very clear purpose. Most acts will leap from one concept to another as the mood, motion and desire suits, whereas today's act sits with a desperate comfort and contentedness in the message and meaning behind what she shares. Her love and her connection to her culture, whether there in New Zealand or abroad, makes her a true gem in the recognition of history that history so definitely deserves. As a novice, I am thrilled to be joined by her today, not just for the knowledge that I could potentially gain, but just to have the chance to talk to someone who is as passionate about a singularity as this person is. I'm, of course, talking about Nikki Morehouse, or as many of you might know her, fans, I would dare say, your fans would know you as Miss Nikki says. Um, Thanks for joining me today, Nikki. Thank you. And what an amazing introduction. Wow. Makes me feel very special. Thank you. I I wrote that months ago. Really? I thought (laughs) so. (laughs) Not just then while you were watching me. Um, You're really good at that. I think um, I, I, even though this has nothing to do with your career, it's the, it's like the second day of 2023. How are you? How was your New Year's and your, and your Christmas and everything? Really low key, really low key. So for Christmas, our family, like I decided this year, I'm not even cooking, you know. So we went out for all of 2023. No, I didn't cook for Christmas dinner. <laughs> That's a really good New Year's resolution, though. That's I'll remember good, that next it? time. Yeah. Didn't even cook Christmas dinner this year. We just really wanted to be low key. Um, so we went out to a beautiful Korean restaurant and had a massive banquet with our family. Beautiful. And then uh, New Year's Eve, my husband was sick, so we couldn't even go out (laughs) to the fireworks. Well, for New Year's Eve, we couldn't even do the fireworks. So um, actually, but I did run away about five minutes before the fireworks and got down to the beach to see it by myself. Wow. While my husband was sick at home. So I felt a lot of joy in just seeing that all by myself anyway. But it was low-key, but I'm glad it's all done and dusted. Yeah, I think you said a couple of things there which I think are real um, testaments to the last few years that we've had. I think this idea that you're just like, it just needs to be simple. I don't want to exert myself. But even just having a quiet moment on your own to watch those fireworks, it's not to suggest for a second we don't love our loved ones. But that that desire just to have a little bit of headspace, particularly it's been quite a busy year for you. Twenty twenty two was 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 a lot. It felt like there was looking through your your catalogue and your release dates. Twenty twenty two seems from the outside to be the year that I feel like you've really stepped it up a little bit. Is yeah, that, is that fair? Do you, does that does that feel about right? 
That does feel about right because uh, I think it was in the beginning of last year, uh, I had a friend, well, a friend now, reach out to me. She's an artist in New Zealand uh, from Loopy Tunes, actually. I'm not sure if you're aware Amazing. of Loopy Tunes. Oh, oh they're I, prolific. I, yeah. Yeah, they are, actually. I think yeah. every, all New Zealanders, particularly in the children's sector, just seem to be, I can't keep up with it. I can't keep up either. But she reached out to me because uh, I live here in Australia in the Gold Coast, was born, raised, lived New Zealand as my home. But I had this Kiwi artist uh, from Loopy Tunes reach out to me and say, hey, you should be part of this community or this collective of Kiwi Kids artists. And I didn't know it existed. But once I joined mm. this community, I my eyes were opened because I realized, oh, I can do that. I can do that. There's all these opportunities that New Zealand gives to artists. Um, and so I jumped at as many opportunities as I possibly could. So it was a period of a lot of growth for me. But it was also interesting because... I got to put my music in front of a wider audience mm. um, and could see how people were engaging with my music because up until then, Benny, um, I was just on YouTube. I was just creating my music from my, my studio at home and mm. didn't know how people engaged with it. I didn't know what it was for anyone. So having that engagement opening myself up to a bigger audience made me think, oh, I might be doing something useful here, you know. <laughs> oh, people are listening. It was quite surprising. Ma is white, is red, kakariki is I think that's a bit of a rite of passage for any, um, particularly children's artists, because it is a very, as you said before, prior to learning about the Kiwi Kids sort of collection, mm. it, it is, it, it's very, it's a terribly isolating kind of industry, children's music yeah. and content and, and, and not, not emotionally competitive, but people are quite prolific in order to keep their careers at a certain level. And, 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 and it's quite overwhelming to feel you need to compete with that in order to succeed or well, not to succeed, but to be heard. Mm -hmm. um, but of course, all that hard work, there is a moment where you one day wake up and realize that people are listening and it's actually happening. Um, is that, is that kind of what you found at the start of 2022 or was it the end of 22 that you really, because I mean, you've, you've hit a million views on YouTube, I believe. Yeah. So I've got over a million YouTube views, uh, which is really cool. And um, I'm on, you know, over 30 radio stations around the mm. world too, which is kind of mind blowing. And is, yeah. And is that a result as, as of being introduced to this Kiwi Kids scene and realizing there is just a bigger this thing is much bigger than me in my home studio 
Yeah, definitely. Because I learnt what the avenues are and who people mm. are using in the community to help get their music forward. So it was a really big learning curve for me. So I really appreciate um, Sue reaching out to me to yeah. sort of bring me into the fold anyway. But I think her reason for reaching out to me, as she explained it to me, was she said, hey, Nicola, which is my real name, she said, there aren't many people creating Māori content in New Zealand. And they do Māori content mm -hmm. and music from, you know, Pacific Islands. So they said, you know, we feel it's really important to get it out there. And that's why they introduced me. And I was really grateful for that. But yeah, they're they're prolific. They're amazing. Big fans. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that that kind of leads me to the first question because what what I tend to do with these podcasts is obviously I, I will start at the beginning somewhere and go you know where when did you first start playing music when did you transition to children's hmm. music but I feel like I don't it, it feels a little less relevant with you. I feel it's more pertinent to work backwards. So I guess I guess if we sort of start with 2023 you've had 2022 which you've just explained and and you know you've, you've you've felt this flourish and a bit more confidence in what you do and like i said at the start there is a real contentedness i don't know i'm, I'm hope, hoping to god that's a word but there is there's a real contentedness from you in in the content you make what what's your ultimate goal with what you do create because it feels like when you it, it it's becoming more defined. We now have original mm. songs in there as well. Yeah, yeah. What's the overall goal? And particularly from the perspective of the fact that you do live in Australia and you're not in New Zealand, what do you, where, where what, what would you like to see Miss Nikki says kind of achieve both, both here in Australia and, and then I guess globally? Well, that's a really good question, and I don't have a short answer for you. So no, if you can be patient, right. I'll, yeah. I'll walk you through it. Yeah, I've got a um, lot of coffee. So we're yeah, good. me too. <laughs> this is going to be great. So um, like you, I work in the ELCs and the Early Learning Child Care Centres, but in a different way. I'm, I'm not an educator. I'm an incursion provider, mm. and I've been uh, doing that for about seven, eight years now. And so what I do is this is my business outside of Miss Nikki. Because you also, just to jump in there, is that pro-help or is pro-help a separate that's thing a, you work That's for? a different thing that I You'll do. That. Okay. But this is um, an organisation that I've been working with and a business that I've been running for about the last seven or eight years. We do incursion programs in ELCs and early learning childcare centres. And so I've got a team of about seven performers who go out and do these incredible educational programs for children and childcare centres. So that's how I kind of learnt about uh, the framework that, uh, that we need in order to present quality programs mm -hmm. to our children and childcare centres. That's how I learnt about the framework. And are you talking about the framework as in the, the, the specific framework that is from early childhood? Yes, or yes, yes, yes. So the actual yeah. early years learning framework. Is yeah. It? Yep. 
Yeah. So that's what I learned I about. It. I love it. You're like one of the, re- you're the one of like one of the only people I've ever interviewed that actually is openly talked about the early years learning framework. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's yeah. Like I know it. Melt. Yeah. I know yeah. it. So in order to deliver these quality programs and childcare centers, you have to understand the fro- framework and your programs and every, your content has to be aligned to that framework as you understand mm-hmm. so that we can tick all of the boxes and meet the needs of the children. You understand this. So in all of my years going into childcare centres performing, uh, it must have been pre-COVID or maybe during COVID, I I visited one of my beautiful centres and I don't go into a centres a lot now. I just sort of run the business on the side. And uh, there was a little boy. He was a Māori boy. And we don't see a lot of Māori children over here, but there was a little boy, and as much as the educators tried to pronounce his six-syllable name, and I won't repeat his name here because it's a unique name, as much as they tried and they were so beautiful Mm -hmm. about it, they couldn't say his name. And I saw his name written on a wall and I said his name correctly, and he just lit Mm -hmm. up. I just saw this little boy go from invisible to relevant. And I and he was running around and all happy. And the educator said, wow, he's a different boy today. Somebody saw him and somebody could say his name. Mm-hmm. And each time I would visit after that, I would I would speak to him and a little bit of Māori and he would just light up. When I would see his daddy, and the foyer dropping off, I would speak to his daddy and Te Reo Māori and his daddy lit up. We want to be seen. We want to be visible. We want to be relevant. And so interacting with this little boy showed me we need to have content for our tamariki, for our children out there so that they feel seen. And there is music out there, and I've been just coincidentally collecting it for maybe the last four or five years. There's music on YouTube, but it's like old nannies, old grandmas recording this music, and it's beautiful. It's treasures. But there's so much vibrant, stimulating content out there on YouTube. So if we don't compete, if we can't create similar content, our Māori children will go elsewhere. And so I've been collecting this music. I've been building these backing tracks for this music with the intention of putting quality, and it's better quality than it was when it started, but pushing quality content out there so our children have an alternative. And really for the benefit of, um, you know, improving our language so that we have a better understanding of who we are and just to have visibility for our children. So that's really the whole that's the whole game. backbone behind what I do is I want our children to be visible. 
Yeah, which is uh, which is really which is really quite beautiful. I mean, it's 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 the whole. I think it's I think it's the whole point why a lot of people write music for. Well, that's actually not entirely true. I think. Well, I think you there do are, it. You do it too. I've seen. I've listened to some of your music. You know, you do a song about the pronouns, mm. and I thought, oh, brilliant. Well, I mean, it's 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 in the same vein of what you it's saying, and I think that's the early childhood aspect. I think when you're when you spend a lot of time around children in that educational, or actually not even educational environment, but in in in. Uh, sort of like a free play environment when you actually see them genuinely interacting with the world around them mm. and the dynamics that they have to face, you, you you quickly understand and see which child's missing out and which child's not being heard and which child doesn't have anything to it doesn't have anything said that's representing them. Exactly. Um, exactly. I, We're on the same I, wavelength. Yeah. And I think that is a hard thing. It's, it's not, it's not it's not to suggest that people without the educational background don't understand it mm. but i think spending a long time around many children of lots of different cultures and lots of different histories and lots of different backgrounds and lots of different in, uh, environments seeing them all together in in a melting pot and and seeing who gets to you know it, it's there's a lot i think it's easier to do with a lot more empathy um this is mm. a real this is kind of a pretty st- stupid question <laughs> but i'm going to ask it anyway go for it um with with that in mind because because i was i was looking i was looking through your youtube page and 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 it started with yeah. less songs and more just talking about um, you know, you 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 have the thing about healthy food, and you know, these videos that are very specific about very, but they're very specific, I guess, child educational things, and then yeah. slowly you've just completely morphed into what is now this Maori celebration music. of Maori language yeah. and, and music. Yeah. Um, is is that because that's the thing you I identified with and could contribute and you saw that there was a hole there or was it something that you finally just went, oh, my God, this is the thing that is so important to me and I've just never realised where I wanted to place that importance and I've found now the greatest avenue to be able to celebrate that? Well, I'll tell you how it happened. Um, So in COVID, because a lot of our childcare centres closed down and my business shut down, I had some time on my hands like everybody. Um, And actually just before then I was, you know, this is just when COVID hit. I remember walking around a supermarket and there was a little boy who might've been two years old sitting in the trolley looking at his mama and there wasn't much food on the shelves. And a lot of the grownups were walking Mm. around and there was anxiety because there was no toilet paper. Yeah. So we didn't know what was happening. And I remember seeing this ang- anguish on this mother's face and this little boy looking up at his mama. And I thought, you know, there's a lot of news. There's a lot of information for the grown-ups. Who's talking to our babies? So I went home and kind of went manic for a couple of weeks trying to figure out how to do YouTube, how to make video mm-hmm. content. And so I started doing COVID-related content 
with the intention of getting information or talking to our babies. And that's probably where that, you know, that ELC experience comes mm. from, being around children and education and all of that. Yeah, because because there's that, there's that really beautiful one you have talking to how to say hello to people or how you say hello to people. And then there's the other one where you're talking about looking after your grand in, in this particular yeah. thing. It's your grandmother, but obviously a reference to elderly people. Mm. Um, and that's a real ELC yeah. thing, I think. Or, or not so much an ELC thing, but but, but there has to be an in, intuition with children Yeah, because you're addressing things that maybe people aren't really understanding I have this I have this sort of theory with children that you can you can talk about anything with children there's no topic that you cannot discuss with a child as long as you put it in the sentimentality in the language that they understand and and it can be anything as long as you put it into perspective and one of the things a lot of people missed about um children and through covid is is this idea that all they hear is about how much danger old people are in you know yeah. it's all they hear and and it's and then, but no one's addressing them personally saying yours will be okay. Your grandparents mm. are okay, but they're getting a lot of, this is why we have to wash our hands. And this is why we need to mm. count to 30 when we wash and wash. Blah, 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 blah. And and I think that was one of the big differences with, with some of your content around COVID was, you know, how do you still remain friendly and say hello? How do you know that these people that you do love that you have been babysat by hundreds mm. of times? Um Anyway, I've got to remember this is your interview. Oh, no, 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 I'm loving <laughs> This is what happens when you talk to somebody like is, is on like the same same path. You go, oh, my God, that reminds me of a time when I was um, No, so, I so, love yes, hearing Steph. it too. Um, so, so anyway, so to start with, long story short, I started creating uh, COVID content because it was very relevant. No one else was doing it. Um, I was trying to send these important big messages for a, a younger audience. So I was doing COVID hygiene practices, how to self-isolate with our pets and things mm -hmm. to do and how to, you know, um, keep in contact with our grandparents if we can't see them, et cetera. And then, and I was even sort of, sort of hit on the, a very big time too with Black Lives Matter where I touched on race, the topic of race and being bicultural, I thought, well, this will be sort of an interesting mm. way to talk about race. So I, Miss Nikki says, started out as a platform to talk about tricky things mm. for a younger audience, which I felt I had a lot of experience working in the early learning childcare centers and having an understanding of the frame um, mm. framework. Yep. But then I thought, well, just for fun, I'm going to throw in one of these Māori songs that my father taught me when I was little, and boom, overnight, 8,000 views, 11,000 yeah, views, 15,000, right. 24. And I thought, well, you know, this is something that's close to my heart, mm. but the fact that it's reaching other people mm. shows me that my gut feeling is right here because I've known all along while I've been collecting this music for years that there wasn't enough content out there and it was just validation to continue on that pathway. Mm. Not for the views, but because I really believed oh. it was important.
Sharing Māori music felt very natural to me, obviously because I am Māori. I was raised on these songs. My father used to sing them to me. That was a, our language of love between my father as we would sing back and forth to each other. And so now that he's passed, it's also a very beautiful expression for me to kind of reach my father in some kind of spiritual way is to sing these songs that he sang to me. But this just feels like a really natural expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, I just, I, it's just interesting because one of the things, like, obviously, I've developed some pretty nice friendships with with um, New Zealand performers, and yeah. you know, the thing, the thing that always stands out is so strong in any communication I have, um, is just the presence of the Maori language in in just everyone's day to day, and it's and yeah. it's, it's it's so. It's quite overwhelming in in a beautiful, hard, explosive kind of way. It's a really overwhelming thing, and and it's and I know it's you know, it's it's a very, you know, because of, because of the different circumstances in Australia, it's a little bit harder to have that collective one unique language that, mm. that we can share. But it's you know, I don't, I don't really know what the point of me saying this is. I just more, I don't know, I just. It it's just okay. struck me, and it's instant. It struck me instantly just how how widely used and celebrated the language is in in New Zealand. From yeah, everyone. I don't know. It's been a massive journey getting to this point, though, mm. because um, and I don't know if you know the history of our language, and it's a really it's quite a big heavy topic, and I I hope that's okay to talk about this here. So in in the late eighteen hundreds. Um, Māori language was banned, so children were not allowed to speak our mm. language in schools. And so my father was not taught his language. He wasn't taught te reo Māori because uh, his mother feared that he would, you know, be whipped at school. And so consequently we have this generation, well, generations of people who missed out on learning the language mm. And we know now that when you lose your language, you lose mm. your cultural identity and you lose your way. So I'm the only one of my seven siblings who can speak in te reo Māori because um, my father didn't teach us because he knew just though mm. so, you know, his knowledge was so small. Um, and I learned Māori at uh, university because I was studying linguistics. I did three languages at university. Oh wow! And um, I wasn't very good at Māori back then because I think I <laughs> think I didn't really appreciate and what it was or mm. or what I was missing out on. Yeah. Um. So I think it's been it's it's not been um accidental. It's been a very deliberate journey returning to our language, mm. and um, which. Which is why I think and hope that my content that I create is feels very um, it feels very purposeful. It feels like I'm contributing to the greater good and um, having our language restored and teaching our language to the generations who have mm-hmm. missed out. Um, so that feels really meaningful to me. But um, it's it's definitely been 
a lot of courage and a big push from a lot of really strong, brave people to push it forward. Let's get Kai for a then actually talk about the music let's yeah um, talk about just the construction of it and everything um because there's there's this real one thing i love about your songs and and which weirdly i've written down prior to this i've written down that i've only actually heard it before in in loopy tunes yeah is there's this real the real lack of urgency in the delivery there's this um it's this intoxicating kind of just like it, it's it's really you 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 have this ability or this sense of you know it's it's very it is really personal and I feel as a listener you're really connected to the way you communicate to us. Um, is this is this as a result of is this just the beauty of the language, the the beauty of the delivery of the songs, or is this something that you, as a performer, kind of work on yourself? Well, can you explain what do you mean by this lack of urgency? And be speak plainly, because <laughs> so, oh, I'm really interested in that definition. Yeah, well, I guess I guess if you let's look at one of your more traditional songs that you I'm just um bear with me. I'm just I've got all your YouTube videos up here and I'm just trying to pick one. So for example, okay. let's let's look at old McDonald. Okay. Yeah. So when you there's the lack of urgency, I guess, is more that kind of um it's almost like a classroom effect where you have three or four tiny little babies sitting in front of you and you're just kind of singing to them as you are cleaning up the mess they've just made from lunch. And, <laughs> and it's kind of just this, you're, you're sharing a moment rather than what is becoming a bit prevalent with the YouTube onslaught of it's, um, oh, McDonald had a party. And it's all about keeping the child engaged, whereas your delivery is a more like, hey, I'm just going to sing this yeah, incidentally yeah. while I'm doing other things. Yes, yeah. And you can be part of that or you can just listen or you yeah. can just get on with your things and this will just be on in the background, you know. And that's what I mean by yeah. less of urgency. There's, there's less... There's less of a delivery that's demanding I sit and listen and watch. Yeah. But yeah. rather sharing. So so I guess the question now, now that I've explained what I mean. Yeah. So the question is, is that just your personal delivery that you've trained and used to or, or your experience in early childhood? Or is that just the, the beauty of the language or the beauty of the culture of music in the, in the Maori culture. What's, what do you feel that is? Because I can't mm. help but draw a parallel that the only other time I've really hear that kind of that 
lack of urgency mm. <laughs> is is with loopy tunes. Yeah, okay. I, I totally know what you mean now. And I I I am reluctant to call it cultural because mm. uh it's a generalization and there might be other artists and different genres who like to bring the hype. But I feel like that it's not something we generally do. I just feel like uh, music is a very organic, natural thing. And um, I don't feel like bringing the hype and the pizzazz mm. and the wow. Um, I do that in my professional life and my other business. But Miss Nikki, in a Māori context, I don't want to say we don't do that. That just feels very unnatural to me in my authentic space. Yeah, sure. You know, it's. I just feel like. Um, so, so it's not something you've you've really sat down as a performer and go. This is how I wish to no. deliver. It, it it is just part of. It's part of just you and being around children and going. No, it's just this is how I deliver things. Well, when I perform under a different brand, I bring the pizzazz. But as yeah. Miss Nikki and my cultural self. It's I don't because um, I feel like music isn't a performance. Music is just part of who we are. It's mm. part of our communication. It's part of our engagement with people. It doesn't feel like a show. Does yeah, that make I mean, sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, look, and, and you know, I didn't. I, I please don't get me wrong. I didn't mean to sort of wrap it up. Culture it was more just like going where where does it fit for you? Because yeah, because ultimately, what it really is at the end of the day is. I feel really included when you Good. are singing to me. I feel, I feel, and I, and I think, I think that's probably it. Is that I can explain to you how I, as an individual, feel nice when you are performing for what I would say to me. And I guess that's the point. Is yeah, I don't, I don't look or hear, and I, and I even, even right back when you're doing your COVID things, mm. I feel. I it's 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 very intrinsically personal to the viewer, and I never felt like I was watching. I didn't feel I was watching something that you'd made for someone else. That's nice. It always, yeah, it always feels like it's something that you have made for me personally, and and that's and that's not easy to do. I don't think that's an easy thing to do, and so I guess the question was really based around. Is it something you're really conscious of because of your history with children? And so you really went, this mm. is how I want it to sound. Like like Play School does, where Play School really goes, no, no, you've got to look at directly at the camera. You've got to mm. make it, you've got to deal with the egocentrism of the child. Or is it you just going, I don't know, I just do my thing and it just happens to be really beautiful and natural like that? Well, <laughs> you know I what think, I mean? I think, first of all, my content is really deliberate and I know who I'm talking to. And, um, and that maybe that comes from my experience, you know, working professionally in the childcare centres mm. with small groups, as you mentioned. <clears throat> but I do feel like I am trying to connect to the children that I'm talking to or singing to. Mm. You know, I do feel like, <clears throat> oh, look, and I'm doing it in, in my living room, in my studio at mm. home, so it feels like a very personal, intimate space anyway. But I'm also not doing it for likes or views or for the you know the statistics and analytics. I'm doing it because I feel like I'm I'm hopefully delivering something really important. Mm, mm. So there is like this sort of pure intention behind it. And that's and that's why the delivery is so personal because it is very 
it, it is personal and important, the thing Thank that you, you are delivering. Let's go. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. And on that farm he had a coat, E-I-E-I-O. With a moo here, moo there, moo, 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 moo. Old MacDonald had a farm, E-I-E-I-O. So let's let's then, you've mentioned several times your home studio because... Um, and and I and I love this conversation because people want to. Uh, there's always a moment where I have to just sort of say, okay, okay, let's just stop and talk oh, about no. working your way through computers and funny how no. this works. Because see, I mean, again, if you look at the trajectory, I wouldn't say there's a massive trajectory of your music in terms of its 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 growth over the years. I do want to come back to that because there has been a big step that I do want to draw attention yeah. to. But video-wise, production-wise, it's massive. Yeah. I look at what you did, you know, three years ago, two years ago. Yeah. In videos, <laughs> and then I compare it to um, because <laughs> I'm Maori. Yeah. yeah <laughs> because yeah. I'm Maori, I'm just like going, okay, so she's obviously spent a lot of time on YouTube herself learning this stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or or like just tinkering away and going, what's this button do? Oh my god, that looks amazing. Yeah. Or you've actually gone out and gone, you know what, I now have somebody to doing it for me. But yeah. But what was that learning curve like for you? Because it's an enormous one, right? Because it's so yeah. expensive to get someone else to do it. Yeah. That you are all of us are more or less forced to work it out ourselves. Oh, of course, because there's hardly any income that comes from this. You know, you don't get any income. Wait, from... Hardly any. What you, you mean? I mean none. <laughs> I mean none. Which is why I have a... yours from. <laughs> why I have a real job. <laughs> it's just for fun, for the love of it. But you're right. I mean, so when I started, the quality of my videos was so bad. But, and, and at times now I look back and I think, oh, I need to delete that. It's so bad. But I love, uh, yeah. I love seeing that learning curve and I love mm. seeing the quality changing because that's part of the evolution of Miss Nikki says, you know, mm. and I feel like it's okay to have it in there because not everything has to be perfect, you know, and that's, it's okay. Yeah. But when I started, you're right. Like I said, I kind of went manic for a couple of weeks. I didn't sleep or eat. And I was just trying to figure out YouTube and trying to figure out how to video and put all of these pieces together. And there are a lot of pieces. Um, yeah. And the only way I could get the information out there was to do it myself. Um, so it was a lot of figuring out. But then I've gotten better at it um, over the years and the quality of my videos have gotten better. But the Because I'm Māori video that you saw, that was funded by a grant in New Zealand. So they gave me some money so I could get it recorded professionally. Yeah. Um, my daughter, who's a, I've got two daughters who are artists. One of my daughters animated that. And her partner, our boy Zane, um, is a videographer. He makes music videos. So I kept it in the family. Oh, beautiful. And they produced that. So, and my son too is a recording artist. So he helps with a lot of my audio stuff. So the family helped me, um, but the funding and the grant money definitely makes a big difference in the quality of production. Woke up this morning with a little smile on my face. I know it's gonna be a good day. I just know it. I walk around with a little kick in my step. I 
where I belong. Because I'm mighty, because I'm me, because I'm smart, because I'm strong. Now sing along, come on. I mean, I can I can tell that there's definitely progression. You talked about your son doing music production. Does he fundamentally help you with your music? Oh, look, he helps me do some recording. So he he kind of pieces it some parts of it together for me. But you me. are fundamentally recording yourself. Yeah. Amazing. Not really. <laughs> it sounds impressive, but no. So I I I I get uh, somebody makes my backing tracks. So when I write, write my music, I'll have a have a song in my head. And I have some weeks where songs just flow. Like I wake up at 2 a.m. and I have to write down a song because I can't go to sleep. So I have periods where the music just flows. And I write down, jot down a song and I have someone who writes my backing tracks for me. Mm. And then I'll go and record it and my son kind of pieces them together. about writing the music and the backing tracks and things like this and and so i looking through your because it's really just a collection of singles currently isn't it yeah what, yeah but i am working on, on an album now though yes yeah, so yeah. what, what's what's currently available on spotify which is seems to be where all our music exists is is a collection of singles which to me and correct me if i'm wrong only has is is more or less a, a bunch of covers done in maori language like i mean Some there's of a them. lot of uh, so things like Colour Song, mm-hmm. um, Wheels, obviously there's Pahi, mm-hmm. Wheels on the Bus, um, mm-hmm. Ten Guitars is kind of really. Kind of a, yeah, it's a rejigged cover. Yeah, and and it feels like when we when we get to Because I'm Maori, this is, this is your whole song on your own and correct me if I'm wrong. Like it mm. feels like it's not a rejig thing. It's not a take on a traditional thing. It is mm. like, here's a whole song, go to woe that I've created mm. with my own very specific message in it. And, and, you know, not, not trying to meander through something else that pre-exists and turn it mm. into something unique. What was, what's the change? Why take two years to do it? I do also want to point out that it is beautiful. It is a beautiful song and it, and it Thank leaps you. out. It leaps out compared to your other music. Not because everything else isn't, isn't worthy, but it's be, because you sort of lean in so heavily onto that traditional sound or not sound, but tunes. Mm. You, when people drop their original drop, I love it. I mean, you know, I was just drop. talking where, yeah, just talking <laughs> like early 20 rap artists, right? When you drop this, uh, your new <laughs> single, um, I like it. You, you tend to find that you lean into this, people lean sort of into that heavy, sort of pretty standard chord progression y kind of thing, and and all sort of lean on that very simple kind of melodic stuff. Whereas you've really just come out of the gate and gone, no, here's, here's a 
he's a song. He's a whole song that I'm bringing. And it, it really confidently stands out amongst your other content. Oh, nice. Um, so why? My question is why Why did you just get to this point one day after two years and go, no, actually, screw that. I've got this really beautiful song to do and I'm doing it. It was just organic, you know. I, there was no sort of deliberate moment where I said, okay, from this point on I'm going to write my own music. <laughs> Because I love the old nostalgic mm. songs that we you all grew up on, and I think it's important to recreate those because those songs shape us mm. as a society and a culture. So I like to revisit them because then we can revisit our past. You know, it's like, oh, I remember yeah. that moment. And so I think it's important to retell those mm. songs, and I still will, and I'm going to. But I've always written music. I've always made my own music since I was a child. So putting my own stuff out there is doesn't feel like such a leap for me. It's just, mm. oh, okay, oh, here's a cool song. I'm going to do this one. It's just been very organic. There are some other originals that should be on Spotify. Um, ha Kiroto. Yep. That one's a Super mindfulness, yep. a mindfulness yep. song. I Can Korero Māori. I love that song. I love that one. Yeah, One of my favourites. Yeah. Um, and that's celebrating Māori Language Week. And it's celebrating, oh, okay. celebrating uh, wherever we are on our language journey. You know, even the basic words and basic sentences are something to celebrate. Um, mm. So, and I do have a lot. Uh, I am coming out with an album uh, yeah, next when's year. It, when's, it, when's it happening? So, are you saying my, next year as in 2024? Oh, sorry, this year. Next year as in this two year. days ago next year. <laughs> this, two days ago this year, 2023. So it's Amazing. a song, a, an album called I Love Matariki, and it's uh, Matariki I think is about June. I've got to check, June, July, June. So it'll be coming out probably April in time for Matariki. So that's all original uh, songs, songs that I've written celebrating Matariki. doing an album is it exciting is it do you feel like like I guess singles afford you this ability to kind of dip your toe into it and then mm. move away whereas an album is um is a lot there's a lot in it you're putting a lot of yourself in it and it's a big task and and there's a lot of different all of a sudden you're like what's the order like are these flowing are they doing their thing like how do you know like there's you're you're, you're contextualizing this bigger larger thing has it been I guess the proportion, what's the percentage distribution of daunting, exciting, overwhelming? Like how's it how's the process been for you? Has it been if I'm a honest, lot? if I'm honest, I try not to think about it very much. <laughs> because well, thank, the deeper thank goodness I'm here. <laughs> because the deeper I'm getting into it, I'm realizing, oh my gosh, what have you gotten yourself into? So I'm really just trying to compartmentalize it and just finish the songs first mm. and then piece it together. I'm just trying to trust myself and not get freaked out about it. Yeah. That's oh, I all think I've got. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's all that's, I've got. But I do. All do it. But I am really proud of a couple of songs that I've got on there. It's I'm like really love them. 
really love them mm. and all original songs again. So I'm just hoping it's received well. Um, and I'm hoping that I'm culturally accurate in my expression of Matariki mm. too. But um, I don't know if I'll do it again. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. Because I saw all of the other artists coming out with albums and I'm thinking, oh, that's what you're meant to do. So I should do that. But yeah, I don't know. I'll just... Let me finish this one. Sure, yeah, 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 it's so true. Well, no, but I think I think it's a real. I think doing an album too, it's a real acknowledgement, and 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 I don't mean in a in a bad way. It's a it's a real, it's a real public acknowledgement of who Miss Nikki is. Like you kind of go, Ooh. it's now time for an album. Like I've done all these little single things, and I'm I'm here now, and he's a he's a body of work, and yeah. you know, it's a really it's a real lovely confirmation of of who you are as an artist. I think doing doing an Ooh. album, you know, that's kind of how I you know, in my middle-agedness, see, yeah. see albums. You know, I find it hard doing the single things, but then there's every now and then I just kind of go, you know what, this single's not going to sit anywhere else other than out on its own, so that's just how oh. it has to exist. So you like doing albums? Yeah, love it. Yeah, I, really? I love an album. Yeah, yeah. I, it's. I think this is what's beautiful, though, is everyone just has a different way of doing their thing, you know, and mm. at the end of the day, like as I said, you know, like, you're sitting here saying to me, oh, I haven't really thought about that too deeply or whatever. But then I, you know, as I said right at the start, your delivery, the lack of urgency in the way you deliver. And now that I've explained lack of urgency, I feel I can lean on that phrase. Yeah, but, go for You it. know, it's it's beautiful. And I'm I'm enormously jealous of that that ability, you know, and and uh, not jealous, sorry, envious of it. You know, it's a beautiful mm. thing. And I think I think that's what's wonderful about children's music in general. And I think that's also what's wonderful about New Zealand children's music is just you know, people are just doing their th own thing. Yeah. And everyone, everyone has found a beautiful spot where they sit and compliment mm. each other. You know, and mm. and one of the things I always try to to tell people when we, when I talk about children's music is, children's music's not album by album or act by act. It's no. it's it's moment and communication by moment. You know, if you are digging in the yard, gardening with your children then find a, an act that celebrates that, you know. That's and then right. if you're cooking, find something that celebrates that. If you're, yeah. you know, it, it's it's about what complements the moment you're in. Um, and I think mm. from that perspective, we're all novices really because some of us can feel that particular moment exactly how it needs to be filled. Yes. But then our thing won't feel that other moment yes. and that's yes. why we have yourself the itty bitty beats vegetable plot angie who we have all these people that can fill those moments when those moments need to be filled you know i know exactly um, what you mean yeah yeah mm. and you know my new album will probably not get listened to much because it might be pretty exhausting but there'll be those moments when it will be perfect it'll be perfect for that moment and mm. someone will find it and someone will hear it at the moment that it needs to be heard for them and mm. job done you know that's um, exciting again i just had to just turn it back into me again sorry <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe you're way more interesting. (laughs) Somebody said to me the other day, oh, when are you going to do like a podcast? Like when are you going to get someone to do a podcast on you? Oh. And I I kind of sort of looked at them and went, you clearly don't listen to my podcast, do you? Because they are really pretty much just me talking about what I do, really. This is just my... Maybe you should interview yourself and you can edit that together. This is my cloak and mirror way of just telling everyone about me. I go So just just to finish it up, as I said yeah. at the start, the thing about your career is I didn't want to start at the beginning. I wanted to find out where you saw yourself and where you wanted it to end up. And the reason I wanted to do that is because there's things like the delivery of your singing, um, the musicality of something like Because I'm, I'm Maori. It doesn't feel like you woke up and just decided to do songs. It feels like you have a history of performing and you have a history of creating and you have an artistic, You both your children or two of your children have now ventured into that kind of creative world. So where does creativity come from with you and where did it start and and how did it, I guess, what led you up to the moment when you started shifting that into focusing on children someone Um, who sings like you doesn't just you didn't just wake up and sing like that I mean you've obviously you know have a history of performing my father um loved to sing my father his name was Rawari Hemi he was from Ngati Kota he grew up on uh, Rangitoto Kititonga grew up on Durval Island and he was the love of my life my father and he passed away six years ago And he used to sing to me and I would sing to him. And so music was just a very natural part of who I was. And I think my father was a very creative man too. And uh, he would take me to church and he would make me get up in front of a congregation of hundreds of people and tell stories while he would hold up pictures and put pictures on a felt board. I have no idea why I did that. I was like four, but he made me do these things for whatever reason. Um, And so performing and doing things in front of people was just what I did and what a lot of people did in the seventies, you know, when we were children, you know, we didn't, you know, when people would come to our house, you'd perform for them. That's is, mm. is that normal? Is that like a seventies thing? No, no, I know, I know what you mean. My my daughter still does it. They sort of put on shows. Yeah, um, but she's got to be with the right child. Not all the children want to do it, and if she finds one who wants to do it with her, mm. it's it's on and it's elaborate and it's deep. My she does it with my son a lot. They um they work yeah. out dances. So I think it is a thing, but I don't. I do know what you mean. It felt like a. That's what people did. Like people came yeah. over to your house. You do a little show for them. Maybe yeah. our normal is not so normal, but and that's <laughs> Does something. Everyone do that. Yeah, I just, that's what I thought was normal, you know. And I think in our community too, a lot of people would get up and perform. And culturally, we do that too in our mm. Māori culture. When you every time you speak, you have to follow up with a little song afterwards. So these things were just very natural in mm. my life. But I did have um, take to music very young and I learned to play the piano and I 
learned the cello, which I wasn't very good at, and the viola. So I just loved mu- the language of mm. music and I loved singing and just always wrote music. It's just what I did. And then um, I think I put that all aside during my baby rearing days, mm-hmm. but did raise very creative children because that was a thing that I loved doing. And that's how I played with my children. We would make mm. things, we would draw, we'd paint, we'd do crafts. So creating was always a part of my person, my, part of my uh, how I moved around the world. Mm. But then, you know, I and then I told you about seven, eight years ago, I had started this uh, business where I would go into childcare centres and perform for children, delivering these cool programs. So I feel like just all of this life experience has just come to mm. a head here. And even my love for language, of all of my life yeah. experience has come to a head. And this is like the expression Miss mm. Nikki says, where I can, you know, create and create a, a universe that, is fun and exciting and put that on YouTube where I can write music, where I can share my love of language, share my love of culture, connect with my father spiritually. Mm. It's all of these dynamics come together in this world of Miss Nikki. So I don't know. That's just, you know, when you're on this planet for 50 50 years, like I have been, you're bound to collect some Mm. cool things along the way. And this is how I interpret it. So would you then say that Miss Nikki says, is it part of Nicola Morehouse's overall journey or do you feel you found yourself in Miss Nikki says? That is a big question, right? That's a good question. I feel like Miss Nikki is different to Nicola. Miss Nikki is a character, but I feel like Miss Nikki has my truest self-expression. Miss mm. Nikki feels very authentic. And I feel like just what you said, I I think I've found myself through Miss Nikki, you know? Um I feel like it's my whole life come to this character, to this artistic expression. And it feels very pure and authentic and real for me. And so hopefully my listeners and the children feel that too. It really comes from a place of love, as corny as that sounds, but it feels very authentic. I think it has to be if it's for children. Oh, they can sniff it out a yeah. mile away, can't they? But I think, they know. I think, yeah, and I think I think there's, you know, the the, the reason I ask about, you know, do, do, is this part of your journey, or do you feel that you found yourself? Is is because I think I think similarly to you, Benny Time and Major Minor Music and all those things. It's here, just just drifted <laughs> back to me. It's That's funny you you're should, more interesting. Yeah, I'm going to interview should, you next time. It's funny you should answer that question I asked you because um, it reminds <laughs> me of this thing I would have said. Um, <laughs> I, I think performing and creating for children 
needs to be authentic. Yeah. And it needs to be filled with love and, and yes. I understand like yes it's it can be misconstrued as a bit of a corny way of representing it but it needs to come from those places and I think yeah and I think it's hard to get to those places unless you have kind of done a bit of a full circle and brought everything that you know about the world into these one moments mm. to do that with authenticity I think there has to be a bit of contentedness, if I can use that word again, and please for the God, someone tell yeah. me that it's real. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, like you're saying, I think children pick up on that, and I think there needs to be a, a, a bit. There needs to be a level of, I think, you know, and I'm I'm two fifty this year, mm. and and I think for people in our um, position. There has there has to be a little bit of. I think you need. I think you you know we we have to have had this big journey and then landed here, in order yeah. to, to present the authenticity and I think and get away with it. Really. Yeah, and I think it comes down to intention too. So, and I don't know anybody in this space, so I'm not pointing fingers. So I might be making this up, but if your intention is to make lots of money, which mm. we know doesn't happen or if your intention is to make lots of money or get a million views or you know if you're in your intention has these sort of external outcomes then you might not be delivering with this sort of mm. beautiful authenticity maybe mm. but mm. my intention um and I'm sure yours too Benny is is to reach the individual child my intention mm. is to create authentically. My intention is to um, respect my culture and help to enhance our language, Māori language. And I think, you know, if your intention comes from a really pure pay place, then what it is that you're creating um, has to be expressed in that way too, mm. you know. So... I just, I just hope people feel that because that's really what I come mm. in with it. Now, Miss Nikki, Nicola, um, it's it's been amazing chatting to you, Thank and you. I kind of feel this could go on forever, just because I feel, I feel what's what's really lovely about chatting with you is that it can seem to go a lot deeper than the music and the things that we mm. make, and and can move well and truly into a world of celebrating children and their value and their strength and just how capable they are and, and acknowledging and responding to that capability. Um, but who would that be fun for? It would be fun for <laughs> us. So <laughs> probably not the listener. So at some point, all yeah. good things must come to an end. Thank um, you. I really appreciate your time and I really appreciate you just being, not, not that I suspected you'd be anything other than, but I appreciate you just being really happy to be open and quite yeah. honest about the things that are important to you and why they're important mm. to you and, and you know, ultimately... Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was just it was just really nice to talk. Um and fingers crossed and waiting patiently for June. Ah, oh, so I'm thinking April, May. The the Oh, okay. Uh, April, May, great. Well, April, push it May, March. the Albert no. Close. <laughs> I, I told myself I'm gonna finish the album in the next two weeks. So who knows? 
April, May sounds very exciting. And if, uh, mm. because I'm Maori, is anything to go by, I'm quite excited about how this album will, Thank how, you. how effortlessly beautiful it'll sound. Mm. Um. So thank you very much for chatting with me today. Thank you, Benny. It's just been a pleasure and I really appreciate your openness. I know sometimes talking about culture can be quite a big topic. And so I really appreciate your openness and willingness to learn about where I come from and the things that inspire me and things that are important to me. But it's been such a pleasure today. So thank you very much. If you'd like to know more about Nicola, then head along to the website at www.missnickysays.com. That's M-I-S-S-N-I-C-K-Y-S-A-Y-S.com. And of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny, asking Nicola questions. Bye.